the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining me on this lunch hour. It is Vince Tornado sitting in for Bruce Hooley. And uh, got uh, some political headlines here for you on this segment. And, uh, well, I don't know. It's It feels like it's a long sigh just to say that I really feel like it. it I'm just going to say it. So, uh, and I'll, I'll just get into it and, and figure out what I want to say next. But, but it, it's just so frustrating. It's like this eventual, like the, the, this whole primary process. There's really like, I mean, it, I, I think that the best thing that we can hope is that like you have people like you know RFK Jr. You have you know uh, a lot of the Republican candidates, uh, you know, who are saying in many cases good things, but uh, really we're just kind of on a eventual slide just to see another rematch between uh, Biden and and Trump. You know, and I gotta be real with you, it, it's just. It doesn't sound that exciting. It's like it's sort of like the way I feel about this election is it's important. They're they're always important. Very important. Uh, um, The way that I feel about this election is it's almost like when you see like the world, which, by the way, the Texans again, like that that was a great game last night. Um, Like when you see the World Series, like when you you see like the national championship in college football and oh it's Alabama and Clemson again which we probably won't see this year, um, you know or it's like you know not so much anymore but like oh the Yankees it's always like you know the certain teams are like always in the national championship or it's you know LSU again or whatever and that's kind of how I feel about like this election so it almost in a way I don't want to say it's entirely pointless this this primary season because you got to go through the motions it's like you know we have a we need to look for a candidate for this job well the candidate is right in front of you you know in, in, in cases like that so it just feels like we're just on this and i hate that word here it is again if you listened in the past to me you know i hate the word inevitable we're on this inevitable ugh, slide to seeing a rematch between uh biden and trump but you know of course there's uh I think I'm more of a fan of the phrase, nothing surprises me anymore. So if you live unsurprised, I think it's probably a pretty healthy way to live. Uh, And uh, here's this story. Um, We have uh, Dean Phillips. He is a representative uh, uh, from Minnesota, and there's speculation. And I was like, who is this guy? He's like, and I was reading the article, and it talks about, like, he's a part of, like, you know, some some, uh, ice cream, you know, gelato company. And um, I looked it up, and his family, he was actually once, like, really involved in, like, the family business. Um, And it was, or uh, he was the millionaire businessman. The article says, millionaire businessman and co-founder of a gelato company uh, turned three-term House Democrat. Dean Phillips, speculation that he'll be running against Biden. Uh, The company is actually Talenti. Uh, it's a uh, real, it's like, that's rich people ice cream. See, when I go, I go to Kroger, and I buy Briars on a sale. I ain't, I ain't got Talenti money here, honey, you know. Um, so uh, the speculation that he would be uh, running 
would be because um, he hired a consulting firm that uh, appears to be working for him. And they wanted to get a they obtained a permit to hold an event uh, outside of the state house in in New Hampshire is what the article says. So we'll see what happens. There's some speculation about that. Um, but, you know, it's almost like you're either running to be a running mate. Well, in the case of like Joe Biden, I don't think there's any change in, 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 in Kamala. But, you know, it's almost like you're running to have your name out there for down the road or you're running in terms of the Republicans, like, you know, running to be a a running mate for some of these people. So, yeah, so we got Dean Phillips as a possible challenger. Of course, we've got uh, RFK Jr., who I, there's some people who like like to embrace that guy a little bit too much. And I'm just like, I, I, don't, I don't know about this guy. I don't I don't it's it's sort of like, you know, there's a lot of people who are like way too quick to embrace uh, Elon Musk. And I'm like, I don't I don't know about this guy. Like, I'm not entirely like crossing him off the list. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's also like we need a little bit more of a, uh, you know, speculation with this with this guy. So uh, you've got uh you got that with uh, Dean Phillips potentially running against Biden and uh, RFK Jr. running as an independent now. Uh, and we'll just have to see uh, what happens at these next debates for Republicans uh, coming up here in, uh, let me see, look at the, eh, about a week and a half or so. I think we got one close to the beginning of, of November. Speaking of Republican candidates, uh, Tim Scott, uh, not doing so hot. Uh, he took $22 million bucks from his uh, Senate committee and uh, transferred it uh, over to his his um, his presidential campaign. His team uh, is impressive stuff. You know, he got four point six million. Uh, and there's you have like kind of the usual reports of like you know campaign finance reports. So four point six million, but uh, he spent uh, almost three times that uh, twelve point four million. Interesting to see the different uh, financial management uh, when you compare it to uh, Nikki Haley Haley's campaign. The uh, former U.N. ambassador, she brought in 8.2 and spent 3.5. If you actually look at some of the stats, uh, Tim Scott's got 54 people who are working for his campaign directly on the payroll. Uh, Nikki Haley has uh, just slightly more than half that, um, 29, Uh, slightly less than half that, 29. Um, Ron DeSantis, uh, according to this article from Axios, 63 people on his payroll, uh, but he actually cut some of his staff in July, which I would imagine that's probably what Tim Scott's campaign is going to do to save some money and ensure that they can uh, make it through to uh, more debates and get closer to to the uh, to the primaries. And of course, uh, Trump has got a lot of folks uh, on his payroll who are making uh, a lot of money. But that man's, you know, he's got the money to burn for uh, for his campaign. Uh, taking a look at the uh, House Speaker race, which, you know, quite honestly, it's kind of an embarrassment for uh, Jim Jordan here in Ohio. Great guy, but uh, didn't make it. And there's a lot of people out there who just love this because it's just like, oh, the pressure campaign backfired. And uh, I don't know if it backfired as much as it just didn't work for, you know, one reason or another. Uh, before that, you had uh, Steve Scalise, Republican from Louisiana, who uh, could have worked out, but uh, that didn't work out. So now... Uh, hippie Skippy, this is going to be exciting and fun. We have uh, nine candidates now who uh, apparently uh, this is going to uh, start tonight. They're going to uh, get together in the Capitol tonight, and uh, each of these uh, uh, candidates for the uh, Speaker of the House, this sounds like a like a like a high school debate class. They're going to get uh, two minutes to deliver introduction speeches. 
Uh, and then there's going to be about uh, 90 minutes, so an hour and a half of a uh, little bit of Q&A which, with uh, each of the candidates. And then there's going to be uh, one-minute closing speech. And, you, you know, it's going to go longer than that. So if you got nine, uh, so doing the, doing the math, it looks like this process, if they actually held to the time, would be about two hours. But uh, that's going to begin tonight uh, to uh, explain why uh, their fellow reps should vote for them for Speaker of the House. Uh, and there's going to be an internal ballot tomorrow on Tuesday to select the next nominee for Speaker of the House uh, for the uh, uh, for Republicans. This is what they're going to be doing uh, starting tonight, leading into uh, tomorrow. And I, I don't know. I just I feel like why not make it public not public ballot? Like let's don't make it a secret. Like I, I think we got to stop messing around. Got to get somebody in there. But honestly, I, and I hate this. Like I, I really hate being. Um, pessimistic uh but sometimes pessimism is uh realism in, in in some cases um and it's just like part of me and i know it's important speaker of the house is 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 obviously an important position and that's obviously is an embarrassment for republicans but at the same time what do you expect what do you expect from the modern day Republican Party. Now, with that pessimistic side, I also have the little voice inside of me that says, you know what? If they wanted to get it together, they could get it together. The potential to get it together does exist, and perhaps it does. But if I look at this, the first thing that comes to mind is I think, what do you expect? And then with that, there is the, of course, potential for this to them to get together with somebody. But I, I just feel like the, the, the pessimistic side in me when I look at the story, looks at it and says, you know what? Somebody's going to get in there who's probably a really vanilla candidate and boring. Because that's how the pro- it kind of like, you know, like, like, you know, just totally vanillas things down, so to speak. Kind of just dilutes it. That's the word that I'm looking for. Just dilutes things. This whole process is going to put in somebody who's just kind of, eh. And really... If I were any one of these nine guys, I, what, I don't even I should look this up, The uh, what the uh, Speaker of the House actually makes. But why would you even want that job? So the nine Republicans in the race are Tom Emmer, Minnesota, Mike Johnson, Louisiana, Gary Palmer, Alabama. You've got Kevin Hearn, Oklahoma, Brian, uh, Byron Donalds from Florida, Jack Bergman, Michigan, from Georgia, Austin Scott, Texas. you got Pete Sessions, and last but not least, the final and ninth, Speaker of the House candidate will be Dan Muser from Pennsylvania. So we'll just see. It really feels like uh, if you were to watch C-SPAN or, you know, tune into some of these things, you know, whatever's made public and watch it, it'd be like a, I don't know, I'd feel like it, like a, how I'd feel about a, a Jerry Springer watching watching clips of Jerry Springer where it's like you want to look, but you know you're not going to get any sort of, you know, sustenance or anything of value watching it. So best of luck to that. And of course, just pray for the process. Pray that somebody does uh, get in there good because it could happen. You always got to hold out some level of hope. I'm impressed with Mike DeWine. We'll talk about that next here at 98.9 The Answer. We are closing in on 12.30. As you got me, Vince Tornado, sitting in for Bruce Hooley. You know, um, I, I think that Mike DeWine, in many ways, doesn't get enough credit. Now, let me qualify that. 
by saying that I wasn't a particular fan of some of the ways that he approached COVID. And would I say that I'm a member of, you know, am I his, like, you know, number one fan? Eh, probably not. What I will say, though, is this guy is certainly better than John Kasich. Let me back up and say, too, one thing that I don't understand is it's it's always very easy to go and to bash the dude you got. What I will say, the dude that we do got ain't so bad when you compare him to some other people around the country. So I do want to say that I'm impressed with Governor DeWine and the fact that he has decided to jump into the quote-unquote fight against issue one. So that impresses me in that this guy, you know, he's termed out, so yeah, there's that. But the fact that he has the willingness to get involved and speak out against something that would be and could be terrible for the state of Ohio is is good. So there's an ad running if you haven't if you haven't seen it. Um, and he uh, spoke with uh, Fox News and said, Fran and I have never done an ad before for a statewide issue or even a local issue. But we both feel very strongly about this. And I think whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, the constitutional amendment that we'll be voting on in a couple of weeks just goes way, way too far. He continues and says, it also really strikes a parent's rights and the relationship between a parent and, in this case, a daughter. So I think it can be easy to beat up on the guy that you do have in office. But at the end of the day, you're always going to have that no matter who you vote for, no matter who is in office. And I think that's 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 missing. And I, I think a lot of people, and I think you probably would agree with that, where it's easy. I mean, it's... That's that's quite simple to uh, to, uh, you know, beat up on the dude that uh, is is in charge. Uh, but all in all, I I think if you look at his record, it's not bad. I mean, you might disagree. I know there's a lot of people who really hated him and were running against him for the way that he handled covid. And I think it's pretty stupid to vote for him or against somebody if it's on one single thing. Now, it obviously depends on what that one single thing is. But if you look at the whole of his record, I would argue that that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. At the very least, you have to argue is it ain't bad. It ain't all that bad. So um, I would say uh, props to uh, you, Mr. Governor, for jumping in on this. Um, and uh, deciding to speak out against issue one. And do stay engaged and do get involved. Early voting is going on right now. I know that a lot of people are um, you know, going out and doing early voting. I know there's people who are uh, you know, proponents of that. Uh, but if that's something you want to do, go ahead and do it. I, I don't like it. I, I, like, I like to vote on the, uh, on, the, on the day of. I'm very uh, old school when it comes to that. And, of course, uh, a lot of... A lot of other things. Um, so, yes, please, please, please keep issue one. Of course, issue two as well. 
and uh, other things that uh, we're facing in the uh, culture wars uh, that do need prayer. Because, you know, ultimately, um, you know, God knows what's going on. And uh, uh, like I was uh, speaking with somebody this morning, uh, we're just uh, along for the ride in a way, in, uh, in, in, in many ways. Interesting uh, thing here, too, uh, and I actually do also to give props. Well, while I'm handing props out, let's just toss them out like uh, like Halloween candy. Because I think uh, Halloween's next week, yeah, a week from tomorrow. Um, we've had uh, some Catholic dioceses in uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and here in Columbus. They have donated almost a million dollars to Protect Women Ohio, and this is the organization that is – um, working to defeat issue one. So you've got uh, the Catholic Diocese in uh, the three major cities here in Ohio, uh, $900,000. That is fantastic. So, of course, that raises the question whether or not, is this legal? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, it is. So the IRS says that uh, churches are uh, prohibited from any activity on behalf of or, on, or in opposition to any candidate for public office. Here's where the change happens. This obviously is not for somebody for public office. Is it an issue? It, it, it's an issue. So issue campaigns are separate and permissible. As the IRS also says, quote, churches and other 501c3 organizations can engage in a limited amount of lobbying, including ballot measures, which issue one and issue two are, and advocate for or against issues that are in the political arena. So they are A-OK to give almost a million bucks. And I wish, um, truly, this is something that um, I think a lot of other churches uh, lack in doing. And it's hard. This is one of those things where I know, um, you know, Alistair Begg, who's a very popular pastor, has decided to get involved in this too. And I think there's a way that uh, churches uh, can engage in this appropriately. And I think that... Uh, it changes, um, you know, per each pastor. But I think one of the things that uh, you should do is, at the very least, um, don't wait for somebody else to take action. Take action yourself uh, and, and talk to people in your church. Encourage them uh, to uh, vote no on these issues. Of course, with issue one being um, the issue with abortion and parental rights. Then with issue two, you have the uh, legalization of uh, marijuana on the ballot as well, which a lot of organizations are against that, too. Just take take some simple steps and, and, and look into it. Don't just sit back and be like, you know, well, somebody else will handle it. No, it's up to you. You are the one that can at least, I won't say change minds, but at the very least, you are the one, when armed with correct factual information, you are the one who can cause people to, at the very least, think a little bit more about these issues. Sometimes there's nothing we can do. But in the case and with what we're facing here in the state of Ohio, you can't do that. you got to get involved. And at the very least, give to organizations like the Catholic uh, Diocese here in Ohio. We've given almost a million dollars to defeat issue one. That's incredible. And I commend them as well as commending Governor Mike DeWine for getting involved in this as well. We got more coming up here on 989 The Answer, some Ohio headlines, and uh, maybe uh, let's lighten things up a little bit. Maybe a, a Costco hack that'll help you as well. I'm Team Sam's Club, but let's talk Costco next. Coming up here on 989 The Answer. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.